When they saw that the star had stopped, they were overwhelmed with joy. The word epiphany comes from an earlier Greek word, epiphania, which means appearance or manifestation. And so the story of the epiphany is one that celebrates the appearance or manifestation of Christ's divinity in the audience of three wise men, three Gentiles, in order to be a sign that Jesus came for the salvation of all people. It's a pretty incredible story, the one we read today in Matthew's Gospel, and there are no shortage of paintings and illustrations in the vast canon of Christian art that depict this scene. Three wise men, decked out in dazzling raiment, are led by a star so that they might offer gifts, so that they might pay homage to the true gift that is the incarnation, the gift that is Emmanuel, God with us. Yet what Matthew's gospel also reveals is that there's a lot more to this story than those paintings and illustrations tend to let on, because it isn't just the wise men who are seeking to find Jesus. There is a wider cast of characters in this story and a wider array of intentions too. You see, when the wise men first enter the scene, it doesn't take long for the news of their arrival to spread, and not just the fact of their arrival, but the reason for it. Where is this child, this newly born king of the Jews, the wise men say? For we saw his star rising, a light so brilliant that we couldn't help but follow it. We must seek him out, so that we might worship him. But where the wise men see hope signaled by a star, others, principally King Herod, see a threat. They see a challenge to their earthly kingships and politics of dominion. They certainly don't need anyone new on the stage who might knock them off the top of the political ladder. No new kings needed, I can almost hear them say. We're doing just fine. We're doing just fine. As the story unfolds, what we eventually learn is that though Herod and the wise men each sought to find the infant Jesus, different intentions propel different outcomes. Herod sought to find the newborn king so that he could kill him and preserve his own ascendancy. But with eyes out beyond themselves, it is the wise men who instead find themselves drawn into God's all-consuming light. It is through both worship and wonder that the wise men feel drawn to leave their own country, and it is through an encounter with the divine that they return home by another road, that they return home to their lives, families, and communities, indelibly and forever changed. In one of my favorite quotes, Madeline the Engel writes, We draw people to Christ not by loudly discrediting what they believe, by telling them how wrong they are and how right we are, but by showing them a light that is so lovely that they want with all their hearts to know the source of it. Our first vocation as Christians, the primary thing we are called to, is to simply set a course it's simply to start a pilgrimage, seeking that light that is so lovely. It is to open ourselves in prayer and conversation with Jesus to the growing acknowledgement 
that not only does this God continually seek us out in relationship, but that he could not, could not love us more. Set against the contrast of self-seeking empires and all the Herods of the world who embody those values, Christ is self-giving, self-emptying, and self-sacrificing. The light of Jesus is an unquenchable fire and all-consuming love poured out for all. It is a star mounted in the heavens that never fails to point us, that never fails to be our companion along the way, no matter how dark the sky. Because the loveliness of God is the truth that life and light and incarnate love has come to live and dwell and make its home among us. It is a source revealed unendingly in the person of Jesus, and it is the magnificent joy that through him, through Christ, that we can find union with God.